Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Mic. Hey, my name is Jared. I'm super excited that you're here. We're here with Logan, with JC, and with Coco. And guys, last night we talked about, uh, Logan gave a message on that sex is a gift from God and how that gets distorted by us, by culture, by the things that we see. And and what we want to talk about today in this podcast is how to have victory from sexual sin. It's such a difficult thing. Guys, let's start off with like, why is it a struggle? How is it a struggle? How does that kind of play in with our culture? Even in Christian culture, how can that be difficult? Oh man, I mean, if you're you're walking and breathing, uh, you're you're gonna experience sexual temptation. I think uh, obviously people experience it to different degrees. We all have uh, sinful tendencies that that are different, but I mean, it's everywhere. You know, it's it's billboards, it's uh, TV, it's inst- like I, I know that there's like we're gonna talk boundaries and guardrails and things of that that makes sense to help eliminate some of that. But I mean, it's there. Like and. Uh, I think we have to acknowledge right off the bat there is a war and a battle going on uh, and that there is an enemy who wants to steal, to kill, and destroy your life. He wants to feed you lies. And so because of that, that's why we're talking about this because it's, it's a legit like battle. Yeah, and I think on the other end of that, we have to consider that God wants to give us life and life abundantly. And it's not just like pushing away the bad, but it's also knowing that God has good planned for you. Yeah, I love the verse where it talks about overwhelming victory is ours in Christ Jesus. Mm, so I just want to encourage anyone who's listening to this who maybe is struggling, like we actually are here because we can have hope in that. Yeah, and I was just thinking through like media glorifies sex. And I'm 24, and so when I was like 10, we didn't even have iPhones yet. And now kids who are like five have iPhones to look at. And so it's just getting like easier and easier at a younger age to access sex and stuff online and just be exposed to it. Um, so I think that's why we're seeing sex glorified more and more and more. Yeah, and, and I mean, the reality is, is as you look at research and studies, that images and the endorphin release, the body's response to like a, engaging in pornography, that endorphin release is actually usually higher than what it is having a natural like re- sexual relationship with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that that's similar to what drugs do. That the, there, You know, there's uh, this talk that pornography is the new drug and like it legitimately mimics the effect of drugs and uh, it's addicting, but beyond that, just sexuality in general. But I, I want to double off what Jared said. This can be a heavy tone, can be a heavy topic, but we said before we started this, it's like, man, God is big enough to free. Like, do we think God is is big enough for you to overcome this sin? A hundred percent. Yeah, and and just to start off, I think we have to have a good view of, Logan, kind of the title of your message last night was like, what's God's plan for sex? What's God's design for sex? What is the standard? Like you, you can you Logan, can you give us like a quick synopsis of like what is God's standard for sex? How should sex look for each individual? Yeah, so I would take you to First Corinthians chapter six, verse eighteen, and where it says sexual immorality, the uh, Greek word for this is porneia, which when we see that throughout the New Testament, this term sexual immorality, so we translate that into sexual immorality, what that is is it's a definition of sex outside of marriage with a man and a woman. That is God's standard for sex, that that is the gift he has given us to us in that context. So anything that deviates outside of that is sexual immorality and is something that we take serious. I remember being in a youth group and someone said, like one of the pastors said that um, it is sin to have any amount of sexual gratification outside of your marriage. 
And I was like 15 and I was like, hold up, like any, like even just looking at something and like liking it. So it's like the, to me, the standard of God's is so high that I think we have to look at like some people might be listening to this saying, maybe it's not an, an ongoing issue or maybe it feels like I have control over it or it feels like I could quit whenever I want to. But God's standard is so high. Can you guys talk through like, why, why does it matter if we reach God's standard? Why does it matter that we walk the way that God wanted us to walk? Yeah, I think of 1 Corinthians 10, 31 that says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And so if that is our main goal, like in life to glorify God, and then we think about all of these other things of distractions of, you know, it can be anything from sexual impurity to having pride. It can be, you know, anything it may be. Uh, but the goal is to glorify God um, so that other people around us can see that, man, we follow God. And so when we do things, uh, whether it's, um, you know, behind closed doors or in public, whatever it may be, like if our goal is to glorify God in that, then um, that would be the standard and not allowing the like our, our desires to overtake us because then that would be something where, yeah, we are falling short. And so um, I think about that verse a ton. And I think too, like First Peter 2, 11 says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sexual or for, to, from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. And Logan mentioned this being a war, but I think like it's so true, like especially like, you know, we hear a lot in the church world, like guys deal with this, but also girls deal with this too. And so like knowing that it is a serious matter and we have to pay attention to it and look to see like, okay, how does Satan want to get in? Because he is uh, cunning and he wants to get in any way that he possibly can. And so realizing that it is a war and we have to fight against this war. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, um, as believers, God wants us to be set apart from the world. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So as believers, if we are trying to look opposite of the world, that means we're fleeing from sexual Mm -hmm. sin because the world is telling us to engage in sexual sin. So I think that's one reason why God's standard is so high is because it's like one of the clearest ways for us to be set apart um, as a society, as believers in this world, in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we look at God's standards, uh, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five, Jesus talks about how a man, if he even looks at a woman with lustful intent, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That is like a different standard, you know what I mean? And so it is something that uh, obviously the standard which we live by is different than the world, and that's okay. Like it, it should be countercultural. And I think we have to consider, as we look at this, this can feel like maybe you're doing okay in this, and you're not you're not doing a really bad job, but maybe you're not doing perfect or what we'll talk about of like everything that you do, do it for the glory of God. Well, maybe you've got some area of growth and this can feel limiting if we're honest. Cause you look at like TV, you look at what you see on Instagram and you're like, man, it seems like just doing whatever you want seems awesome. Like that is such an American great yeah. thing sounding. It sounds awesome, but really like God's plan is better because mm-hmm. he designed it. And the designer always has the best intention for the things that he designed so his plan is not limiting, it's freeing. Mm-hmm. And really, we are putting some, some handcuffs on ourselves when we don't submit to what the, the creator's plan is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to shift gears to a little bit of a different topic. So when we think through like sexual immorality, sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm just trying to stop this one particular sin. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's just kind of the, that's the plant that grows out of a certain root. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't take care of the root, maybe it's not um, a, a certain sexual sin. Maybe it's a root issue yeah. that's kind of growing in your heart. Um, what, are, what do you guys see as some of the root issues of sexual immorality or how that, how do you figure that out for yourself maybe? Yeah, I mean, I can give you a personal example here that whenever I was struggling with taking in images that I should not have been whenever I was a sophomore in college, I believe it was, what the root of that was, was I was single and I was, had, you know, I was not feeling like I was sought after at all. My self-esteem and self-confidence were very, very low. And so in a response to that, this was something that when I got to the root of the issue, this was like a temporary medication, but it wasn't healing me from the real problem, which what I should have been was confident in who Christ, Christ created me to be, Psalm 139, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, that God knitted me together in my, my mother's womb. And so I, I should have been confident in that and who Christ called me to be. But instead, uh, I was using this, uh, you know, this thing to just numb some pain and uh, it didn't, didn't work. Yeah, a lot of girls I talk to, their root issue is loneliness, mm -hmm. and that's why they struggle with sexual sin, um, because as women, we crave companionship and intimacy, and I think that was designed by God. He wants us to have a companion in life. Um, if we're single, that should be found in Him, but um, a lot of times, if you're single, you're like searching for that in other avenues, and so sometimes girls are lonely, and that's why they start engaging in sexual sin, and then it's just a trap after that, like once you do it once um you keep engaging in it because you don't know how to get out of it and so i think that's how it gets hard for women jc i think that one of the things that we can like combat that with is knowing our identity in christ mm -hmm. and um first corinthians six twenty, you were bought with a price therefore honor god with your bodies and i think like when we feel that loneliness which can happen um we can so easily go to the world for, to fulfill that, like you said. But like when we realize like the only way that we can ever like truly feel um, not alone is when we put all of that in Christ. Mm -hmm. And once we are fulfilled in Christ, then we can find that companion and they're going to let us down at some point. And so like finding our identity in Christ, knowing that we are precious to him and that he actually has like a really good plan for us, I think changes the game of like, instead of going to the world, going to images, going to mm -hmm. other people, doing things with their boyfriend, whatever it may be, like actually like going to Christ. And, you know, I know some girls have said like when they struggle with, um, you know, be, being impure or whatever, they're like, when I'm spending time with God, that changes. Mm -hmm. When I let the priority go down of not spending time with God, then they're like, that's when I want to struggle. And that's when I do struggle. And so I think like knowing who you are in Christ, that you have been bought with the price and spending time with God daily to renew your mind is like such a huge key to like truly abstain from that. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to jump on something you said, JC, about that. Uh, sometimes you, you see that girls you're, you're spending time with, it's, it's the loneliness that's maybe drawing them to be in a sexual relationship that they, they're maybe just somewhat uncomfortable with. Maybe it's like, they're just tolerating it. Maybe they, they sort of, you know, they're just numbing that pain. Can I say this? Uh, a little bit of a blunt word to the ladies is that if a guy is, wanting to have sex with you, they are taking something from you unless it's in the marriage context, like the context of marriage, because they're just saying, hey, I want to take this from you. Like there's, there's an exchange going on there. I want to take this from you, but I'm not willing to actually commit to you. You don't want that guy. Mm -hmm. Like, let me tell you, you don't want that guy. You want a guy who wants to commit to you so that they can share that gift with you, not just take it from you. Yeah, that's good. 
Logan, um, one of the things that you mentioned before this, and, and I'll say this, one of, when, I, when I've talked to my, my father about this, he always, you know, he had three sons and he'd always say like, I feel bad because it is all over the place. Mm-hmm. And when he, he was like, when I was in high school and college, you had to drive to this CD location. Mm-hmm. You had to get out of your car. You had to walk it. He was like, so it didn't happen. It was like, it was a gross thing to happen. And now it's like, you can open Facebook and find something that could serve that purpose for you. You could open mm-hmm. Instagram. You could, it, it could be very, you could be on a news website and an ad that comes in and you, you weren't even searching for anything and it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think Satan's not stupid. And I think Satan will use any method and anything that he can. Um, and it, it maybe it's easy for someone who's maybe had a little bit of success in this area to think, man, I'm good. I, and things are going fine now. How have the, the tactics maybe not stayed the same as things have got, gone forward for you in your life? Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, I, we, I do want to reiterate, you can have victory. And when I had victory over looking at those images was through confession. Here at High Street, in the church, I remember the room I was at, the people I shared it with is I confessed a problem. I saw other people had it, and I had victory over that area. And it was honestly, like, for me, it was, like, really, like, honestly, like immediate victory, like the Holy Spirit moved in my life to give me victory over that. So that's 100% in in that realm of possibilities. But that doesn't mean that the temptation goes away and that uh, it, it's like you're just done with it forever. Now, I do not experience anywhere near the same level of temptation as what I once did. Uh, and I, I know that there's hope in that, but there's still temptation there. And one of the ways it shifted uh, is like sometimes, like Satan is a master of lies. If you think he's got one tactic, you're wrong. Why, why does scripture tell us, I said this last night, 1 Peter 5, 8, is that we need to be sober-minded and watchful. Like, why do we need to be on guard? Because Satan will shift his tactics. So for me, sometimes that looked like, man, as I got married, and then it's like my whole life I've been, you know, desiring this relationship and whatnot, and you finally have it, and it's like, oh, but this is just like in this context, and Satan will you know, sometimes that temptation is through an image. Sometimes it's through another person. Sometimes it's through an unhealthy thought pattern. Mm-hmm. So like he will shift those tactics and you have to be on guard. Um, if you think that just when you get married and you're having sex is like, that's the cure-all, it doesn't work that way. Like Satan is still going to come after you. And that is why I think it's important to be walking with God every mm-hmm. day so that you know, I mean, what Romans 12, 1 is so you can see what the will of the Lord mm-hmm. is. And then when something that is not that steps in your path, whether that's a different tactic or an old tactic that worked in the past, you can identify it and say, no, I know what that is. And I know what God's will is. And this is not it. So, mm-hmm. so I think that's where it's like, you can have wisdom, you can have mm-hmm. strength, you can have some ability to see what Satan's tactics are if you're walking with him every single mm-hmm. day. So what would you guys say are some healthy boundaries, things to remember, how to, how do you start having success in this area? What, what are some tactics, some boundaries, some guardrails, some, um, some things that you, that you suggest for people maybe? Jared, I think something that's really good for me to remember is that I'm one decision away from a bad decision. Mm. And sometimes I can, I can get prideful and be like, no, I'm good. Like, it's totally fine. And um, I think it's, it. you know, I remember being in middle school and realizing that someone had, you know, had done something wrong and had an affair with somebody. And I was like, oh, my word. Like, I looked up to that person so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way that they made that decision. And I remember thinking, like, what? And my dad was like, Coco, every single person is one decision away from, mm-hmm. from sin. Wow. 
And so I, that that really has helped me to like literally pray like God keep me from evil keep me from sin. Um, Psalms 119, 9 through 11 says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so really practically, like hide God's word in our hearts mm -hmm. so that whenever a temptation comes up, because temptation will come up, we can choose to say, hey, I'm actually not going to choose that. I'm going to go with God's way. And um, I, I just love that. Like, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And God is like, hey, I'm giving you my the, my word to be able to be a guidebook for you, to help you. And when there is temptation, you can have victory. Uh, but I think like just realizing that I'm not too holy, too perfect to ever fall into that uh, has really helped me to like be aware. Yeah. And there is a spectrum of sexual sin. So whether that's lustful thinking all the way up until having sex before marriage or um, sexual immorality. Like there's a whole bunch of different things in between there that you could be struggling with. So like Logan was saying, like Satan can tempt you in different ways and different points in your life. Um, so you always have to be aware of like, what's my weak spot right now? Like, is it lustful thoughts? Um, is it pornography? Is it sexual sin with my boyfriend? Like, what is it that I'm being tempted with? And then seek accountability for that. I think that I admire the girls or the friends in my life who have had freedom in sexual sin, but most of them have found it because they've let other girls into that to ask them hard questions every single day. Like, hey, what has your thought life been like today? Or every single week, hey, did you struggle with temptation with your boyfriend this week? Um, and sometimes I've been the person holding those people accountable. And I just want to say, if you've invited accountability into your life and found success through that, God is honoring you and you are doing the right thing. So keep inviting accountability. Um, keep being honest, whether you messed up one week or you didn't. Um, keep sharing that with your friend. And I would just say, like, share it with other people your story, too. Um, there's so much freedom and vulnerability. Just hearing someone else's struggles will help you want to use your story for God's glory, too. And God has a purpose for your story, too, when you find victory. Use your story for God's glory. That was good right there. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to shift, Jared. I, I don't know that I'm actually going to answer your question, so I'm sorry. Uh, but I was thinking about this as, like, uh, I think, Coco, something you said triggered it is, like, when you are engaged and you know you're going to marry somebody, that temptation to just go ahead and just enter into a sexual relationship with that person is so strong. But it's like, is that how you want to start your marriage is by not being obedient to God? It's absolutely not. And it's like, yeah, you're going to be married one day, and you might have to view yourself as married. But, like, it is so important to be obedient to God. And I think we need to say this is, all of this might seem limiting. This is very, very different from what culture tells us mm -hmm. and sells us. It is very, very different. But I look at it like this. Like maybe you lived next to a busy street and you had a fence around your yard. And that fence is then what allowed you to let your kids go outside and play. Like it seems like it's a limiting parameter. That fence is there mm -hmm. and it's preventing you from freedom. But actually it's giving you the freedom to actually go outside and enjoy the gift that is out there, you know? And so I think that's like maybe an analogy, a little bit of what it's like to these parameters God has given us, man, are awesome. Like you will actually have like a better life. Like people need to hear that because I think some people in the Midwest, 
grew up going to youth group or something. It was like, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. And it's like, no, God does want you to have sex within the confines of marriage. And it's like, man, it is good in that. And it is a gift. Like, it's not uh, these these parameters are actually life-giving, mm-hmm. not uh, taking that away. Yeah, I think, I mean, God honors obedience and blesses that. And so I think, like, if, you know, if we want that, like, freedom, then we should do it God's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, what would you guys tell someone who wants to have victory in this area and says, maybe I've tried a little bit, or maybe what would you tell them? What's the next step for them? What are some good things to think about? What's the, what's the next step for victory for them? Yeah, find someone who is also a believer in the same sex as you and uh, just confess the sin to them and then ask them to hold you accountable. Maybe you need to create a list of questions that are very strict. Um, I know somebody gave me a list of questions to ask them once and I was like, I am honoring you so much for this. Like that takes a lot of willpower, but she knew she needed to be asked these specific questions. So maybe think through a list of questions and give that to a trusted friend who can ask you and then tell them, hey, ask me every single night at 9 p.m. Hey, ask me every single week on a Tuesday at 7 p.m. And just make those strict boundary lines so that you can um, start to see that someone is going to ask you and you're going to have to tell them the honest truth. Yeah, you know, we we talk about confession, prayer, and is it remove access, the R, CPR. Um, You can't downplay what prayer can do. And I think that's where a big piece of accountability comes in. And the the remove access part, I, I always think through like, if you're leaving like a little little gateway back in, you're not you're not done with it yet, and you still kind of like the way it feels, and you still kind of like mm-hmm. what you get to do. And I would challenge anyone out there who's like, man, you maybe this has been a, a struggle. You're, you're 20, and you've been struggling with this since you were 13. Mm-hmm. Figure out why you're doing it. Figure out what that root is. Figure out if it's pride, if it's loneliness, if it's one of those things, and be honest with some people. If you are still trying to conceal some of your need for Christ, you're probably not being fully honest with yourself, and you might not see full victory if you're still trying to conceal some of that. You can't, nobody can make you hit rock bottom for you. No one can make you say, listen, I've tried it all and I can't do it on my own. I've had friends that said, man, I'm going to put my iPhone away, I'm getting rid of it, and I'm going to have a flip phone for a while because that's what I need to do. If you're serious about this, you are going to figure out a way to remove access mm-hmm. for yourself and stop leaving a trail back to it that you can always get to if you really want to. Um, and, and that is hard. And that seems like such a difficult thing. And who wants to have a flip phone in 2022? Um, but when you read through Matthew 5, and it talks through what lust says, like or what God said, Jesus said about lust, and, and it says, but I say to you, this is what Logan read earlier, that it's not just about committing adultery, it's about thinking in your mind. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, but I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her, with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. And then says the same thing for your right hand. And then he says, for it's better for you to lose one of your members than the whole body. Mm-hmm. And I think God's plan for you is so much better than the limiting thought that we have around what sex can be. Yeah. Coco, you got some? Well, I was just thinking back to 1 Corinthians 6, 18. It says flee from sexual immorality. And that word flee is is not like, hey, like, hang out around it. And, like, you know, just like what you said, like, leave the door open for it. Like, just chill because we don't naturally drift towards holiness. We have to, like, actively 
we have to actively pursue holiness. And so when I think of flee, I think of like a building that's on fire. I'm not going to like casually grab my items and walk out. Like I am running as fast as I can. Run, don't walk, right? Yeah, run, don't walk. Uh, As fast as I can to get out of that situation. And so, uh, you know, I think of girls' boundaries with your boyfriend. Like what are you going to set up to make sure that you are honoring God, that you are fleeing from sexual immorality? You're not just letting whatever happens happen. And so, I, I mean, I think that fleeing, that thought of fleeing is, like, very important, and that makes it uh, it makes it serious, and, like, it, it's something to deal with type thing. Yeah, and I think I would say out there, too, I think we've seen over uh, the course of time that there's maybe been, like, a little more of a realization that uh, temptation comes in a variety of forms for people, but it's any type of deviation from God's design is what we have to avoid. And that looks different. Like what people's sinful tendencies are, they look different for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's acknowledging that, that there are people that have different struggles in this category. It's some of it's, you know, numbing a loneliness and you're sleeping around with people. Some of it, um, there's just all kinds of different ways that that temptation comes in. Um, And I do think Uh, I look at James 5.16, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You're confessing to other people, but the power of prayer in community Mm -hmm. is so important. We talk about community all the time, groups all the time, and that's a big piece of why. And I think I would say, recognize your patterns and your tendencies, Mm -hmm. right? Not just in this, but like for me, like I've had struggles with anger. I have to recognize, okay, so for me, when I'm tired, that's when that anger hits for me a lot of times. And it's like, I have to evaluate what what are these tendencies and placing guardrails. There's so many resources out there. If you're out there and you're like, I need resources, I need help. There's so many good ones. I think of Freedom Fight. I think of Covenant Eyes. There's so many good books and resources. That's actually in our bio on our on Instagram. You, you can find it there. We have all these resources uh, if you're ever at a gathering, too, we have them all the time there. And so uh, having guardrails in place is fleeing. Mm. All right, guys. Last thing. Uh, does anybody have a message of hope or what does it look like to, for someone to have victory in this? Um, I think of 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and it says, But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So God can give us victory, and we have to be in like in relationship with God. And so if you're struggling and you don't have a relationship with God, like that's where it all begins is to start a relationship with him and uh, and then f- through that you can find victory but apart from him you won't find victory that is the reality of it so find Jesus start a relationship with him and find victory yeah Coco going off of that like I mentioned earlier I've seen people find victory in sexual sin um, and every time it's just so cool how God works um, in that person's heart in their life and through their relationships um, to just la- allow them to experience his goodness um, by finding that victory. So I do agree, like all glory is owed to God when you find victory for this, but don't give up on God. God still has a good plan for you. If you're struggling for 20 years with um, an addiction with sexual sin, like there is hope out there for you. Um, and let other people into it and trust in God for his plan. Yeah, I'm on a big Psalm 37.5 kick over this last like year, but it's commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he, yeah. he won't probably act. He yeah. will act. Mm-hmm. Commit your ways to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Trust in him, and he will act. That's a yeah. promise of God. That's the yeah. promises of God's word, that he will act. 
And uh, you keep leaning in, like don't run away from it. Lean in, lean into it, and man, God will give you victory. I've, we've seen it happen with so many people. Mm-hmm. Like I know what Satan wants to do is he wants to isolate you, mm-hmm. make you feel like you're alone. You're the only one who's ever struggled. You're never gonna have victory. Yeah. Listen, can we tell you that us four in this room have seen so much victory in people's lives in this? It is possible, and it's possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So good. Good. Well, hey, guys, we hope that this has been encouraging and challenging to you. I hope you take a next step. I hope there's something for you uh, to go and do and have victory uh, and hope in this area in Jesus. But hey, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.